Welcome back to episode 112 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today's episode is called Mental Freedom versus Mental Slavery. And we're going to look at the four noble truths and the eightfold paths taught to us by Siddhartha Gautama. Sometimes you got to get the brass tacks to have a clearer understanding of what's happening, especially within the self, you know, to help you handle what's happening within the world. So we're going to get into that. I'm going to try to keep this episode uh, kind of positive. I know in my some of my earlier episodes, my last recent ones, I go a little deep and I bring certain quotes up and everything like that. But it's, you know, you have to see all these different things because what is going to hurt us is the separation and is the breaking up of the family and breaking up of the tribes and this racism that I see everything boils down to a race and whatever yes they do exist race but it's not what determines the society that we live in what determines the society that we live in is how you contribute to that society or how you make an effort to contribute to that society don't try well i try i try to be no you make an effort to do everything that you can to synchronize with all these different oh things that are challenging us today especially making a living which uh, what's happening again is the middle class is getting wiped out completely wiped out we could all see that <clears throat> if it hasn't already been almost all wiped out already so and it's funny another thing another thing i noticed a lot of people they're doing all their work for the government nothing against government working people you know i'm saying like that's how bad things are right now the people are living off our taxes so we're gonna look into the four noble truths and which are as as the buddha taught us <clears throat> All things are subject to, there's different interpretations of it, but this uh, this is one I really like, this interpretation of the, of the Four Noble Truths. All things are subject to Dukkha, uh, which is change. Um, it's an interesting word, Dukkha, because it's, it, it could mean suffering, uh, it could mean change for a lesser reason, for a negative reason, or downgrade. So basically, some people say the first thing in the Buddha is I suffer. You know, all, all things are subject to dukkha, all things are subject to change. So that's the first of the Four Noble Truths. The second of the Four Noble Truths is that you suffer as a result of, an, of desire or you suffer as a result of attachment. And that could be an attachment to literally anything, right? So the first is that I suffer or, you know, basically that I suffer and the second is I suffer as a result of attachment you know Dukkha is suffering the third is, the third is that Dukkha can be eliminated and we can overcome Dukkha there's a way of overcoming Dukkha and over, overcoming suffering and attachment and desire and then the fourth is the way out of that is the Eightfold Path which is as you all know uh, right view Right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effect, right concentration, right mindfulness, right? This is like the virtuous way of, 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 of life, or as we call logos. A lot of people, they get a hang up with, you know, God or Jesus. I always say Jesus is my anchor just because that's what it is. That's who he is to me. He's my anchor. And in my house, he, he reigns, Jesus. Um... A lot of people, they they would either proclaim they don't believe in God or you can't be proven or whatever, but it, that doesn't eliminate you or withhold you from, from the word logos, which 
basically is to live by ethics. The, the word, literally in Greek translated the word, or meaning Jesus, actually logos in Greek. Because John says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I don't want to mess up the words of the Bible, but basically that's what it is. That Jesus is the word from the beginning. And that you know that's what we need to find ourselves because it doesn't benefit us to argue back and forth how virtuous one another are while we're skinning each other alive and separating each other and fighting and trying to get over in these different ways that man is known to do right you know because a society is supposed to be based on trust so if you have no trust you know your society is really going to lack look look at our politicians they get sold out right away so i think their approval rating is eight percent or nine percent approval rating of congress right now and i heard this one congressman that said um that you can't trust because the root of all evil is white man and how they have to find a way to outlaw white men or what i forget this this she's a muslim congresswoman i don't even know her name um but if she really, you know, if that's her view, I don't understand why she wants to be in our Congress. If you know, this is a country of, of all, all, of all. Imagine another race saying that a Catholic or a Jew or a black or a white or somebody saying something outrageous like that. But today, that's the way the media is being directed. It's it's being made profound to put us to fight against one another. Normally, you would hear that. Well, I hear people on YouTube, and they just go on for hours. How you know they start bringing up statistics about crime and all the who's really dangerous and we all you know there's no need to look into that right now all we're trying to find out is what truth is going to benefit us man not not to get into a shouting argument with somebody over you know, how far you can spit so everybody gets hung up on you know what is said as opposed to how they react to what is said right it's like they will say it's not a problem. I was told from a young age, I remember being really scared. And he says, hey, man. And I was like, oh, man, I was so scared. He says, listen, man, you it's not that, you know, that you're scared. It's what you do when you're scared, how you react to fear, right? And that's really what it comes down to. And that's a very important thing to remember, right? It's how, how you handle that fear, how you react to when the fear is imposed upon you, right? And that that's what it comes down to anyway. So, yeah, we got into the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. And that, that's what, to a large degree, comes down to. Because without a real guiding star or direction to go into, we have no way of being able to gauge how our behavior is impacting the society that we live in. Because that's one thing that's always so important with regard to how we drive the society into a, a society that's going to benefit every man, woman, and child that lives in it or... or as much as possible, right? But when you have one side that's always playing against the other side, especially politicians playing against us and spending our money for war, and, and I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but obviously killing kids and families and innocent people in Yemen, in Syria, in Libya, and even in Lebanon, and now they're trying to have a war with Iran. Why do we need war with Iran? They didn't do anything to us, right? They, 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 we have all these embargoes and you know, babies are dying over there because they can't get medication. But why are we putting them in that degree of suffering when, like, it's just all political and money and everything like that? And what we say, it's 
craziness in that region. I don't know what's happening over there, man, but there's nothing but war over there. And I don't think it's as a result of the local people wanting more with us. We just go over there and bomb the shit out of them. And that's not fair just because we have the might to do it. You know, that's like the biggest kid in the yard beating everybody's ass. And, like, and then they go to the principal and say, oh, that kid's a problem. Whatever they, you know what they do? They put him on the little bus and they send him to another school with kids like him. But with countries, it doesn't work that way. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's just we're the biggest country, so we get to, like, you know, dictate how we can impose our strength upon other countries and everything like that, really to our own benefit and not really their own, and to really cast war upon them, which is not fair. And I don't want my tax dollars going to killing people. I'm a, I know I'm going to be accountable for my actions, and, you know, he's going to say that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. I have to speak up and speak out when God says to me, hey, you know, you contribute to that, and what did you do? I'm going to say, hey, you know what, at least I put a podcast out, and people could hear what I have to say and my feeling upon something I have no control over, but I can voice myself and see what other people that either agree with, disagree, at least they could hear my opinion and what I have to say on this. It's very important, and that's part of the problem that we have right now, that people in, in a situation that are casting all the suffering out there, but they don't really look at it from the standpoint that they're causing suffering. It's just a matter of dollars to them. They really don't care about people suffering, obviously, with the way they conduct themselves. Um, yeah, but again, so we'll take it back to the Buddhist principles. You know, you could even get into the Taoist principles. Where I really want, when you say Taoism, the first thing I think of is observation. You know, observing really the patterns and everything that's happening right in front of you and what's taking place in that moment right then and there. And not adding anything to it, not taking anything from it, just... Observing it the way it is again, removing, of course, removing the ego, Stalism. And just, you'll. It, it, the funny thing, I think, with the doubt, it's not so much when you kind of, hey, let me just think about it, but it's the moment that it hits you, like something happens in your life or situation, a choice, you're like split second, something, and you'll just, you'll notice that the move that you made was very, and what I like to call very Taoist, you know, very kind of simple yet like the right choice you know no fluff to it or if they ask you why'd you say that well because of this reason just concrete you know but you have to go about like thinking in that way in order to make snap judgments and choices like that you have to kind of see things without fluff or glitter or flash or whatever is added to it and just see things for the way they are shoes a shoe man or you know computers a computer or cars a car and some people say hey well I'm gonna pay four hundred dollars for that shoe because um Kanye, ye wheezies or whatever. I'm, I'm like, well, you know what? Go ahead, man. Go, go do that. Maybe I'll sell you a pair for four hundred. I'll order them in out of China for like forty-five dollars. No knock in China. So yeah, man. That's the point where we are right now. Like, we need to take it back to the to the older older ways. But you know, we have an understanding that what's happening right now is they're trying to separate us from one another and everything is cast down to race and that's why we got to fight with one another and Antifa is this and, and it's horrible what they're allowed to get away with. I think they're going to try to hit them up with that um, Rico uh, Rico offense, you know, Rico charges for what they do to people. I mean, they just openly beat them up in public. So anyway, I digress. Sorry about that. Yeah, we have to take it back to it, to looking at things in a way that the life in front of us is so complicated as it is coming at us so fast. A lot of people living their lives looking at their cell phones. Like if you look up right now and you're in a cafe or someplace, 
Just count how many people. I guarantee at least half of them are on their cell phone right now, if not more. Literally. And and I don't mean just looking at the cell phone, but all stuck on it. I don't know what the hell they're doing letting life pass them by they, 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 while they're letting this device control them. You know, I could see if you're a kid and you just got your phone and, oh my God, you're amazed by it. But after a while, it, it is what it is. It's not going to give you anything more or less than what you have right now. It's a phone. It's a device. It's there to inform you of just basic shit, you know, what's going on. Who... Who has stuff that important that they constantly have to be monitoring every two seconds? Does come on. But I guess that's the way people they're getting trained to be. And I notice more the more and more people start getting trained on their phone, that's when society really started collapsing. You know, and I'll be honest, like I was I noticed it in the early I, I was born late fifty nine, early sixty, like fifty nine I was born. But I could see, even from a young age, the changes, like right around 1965, 66, 67. Like, I could just see things around me mm, rapidly changing. And I couldn't really figure out why, but I kind of got thrust into, like, a, a, a whole kind of cycle of just life experience that I got to see a lot of different points of life from a lot of different views. And it hit me in a certain way that I kind of connected the dots kind of quickly, you know. Not connecting that that's being rich and famous and all that stuff, but just connecting it in the sense of figuring out what the motive is here as far as how... I'll put it real simple, like how, try not to let people take advantage of you, how to better yourself and harness the energy and the creation that you have within you for yourself and the benefit of your family. And and that type of thing, you know, and understand that like a lot of people kill themselves for, for, for someone else and at the end of the day it doesn't benefit them. See it all, all around you these days. You know that's the way corporate think is these days. There's no avoiding that, so you have to learn how to conform with that. Hence, going back to the four noble truths and the eightfold path. You know that that right. If we all lived in anywhere near with those principles, anywhere near that, or against Jesus's um, teaching, you know, if you can, if they ask him if he can condense his teachings down to one saying, say, treat your Treat others as you would have, want yourself to be treated. And with that, you know, we would remove a lot of problems. And, that, and that's, that's so true. And that's simple, but it can, no one can hold up to that. So I'll just say it again, you know, let's stop these wars. These wars of acquisition, wars of conquest. I mean, they, they just make no sense. How come we're just casting so much war out here? There's no need for it, man. Let's just try to rebuild everything that's happening right now, you know doesn't make any sense um i'm gonna pause right here real quick and uh put play a little clip and come back our country should be more fearful um of 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 white men across our country because they are actually um causing uh most of the deaths within this country we should be uh profiling monitoring um and uh and and creating policies to fight the radicalization of white He's men launching. what do you think of jordan peterson uh did you see the video about where he said i can't do it no i haven't well, it, it's a video. It's on, it's on YouTube now. Yeah. But uh, uh, he's giving a talk in New York. A man stands up and he starts talking about Solzhenitsyn's book, 200 Years Together. Yeah. Uh, and Jordan gets kind of a, 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 a pained look on his face. And then he the man uh, switches to the Holodomor, the uh, 
starving to death of millions of Ukrainians uh, and asked, which was done by uh, a man by the name of Lazar Kaganovich, one of Stalin's Jewish henchmen. Uh, and uh, so he asked Jordan Peterson, what is your take on this? Have you read Solzhenitsyn's book? So, so, so Peterson looks at him. He's got like this look of the deer in the headlights. Hmm. Then he walks off to the other end of the stage. Now he looks like Hamlet, kind of agonizing with his, his hand on his forehead. Then he walks back and he's ready to say something. And then he says, I can't do it. Right. And that's it. And discussion. So this is, this is happening around the same time that uh, David Brooks has written an article uh, called the, Dave, the Jordan Peterson Moment, yeah. where he's basically anointing Jordan Peterson as Mr. Anti-political correctness, you know, standing up. Anybody who says anything in Canada against, uh, gender against transgenderism or gender ideology is immediately proclaimed a hero. Yeah. And I don't want to take any credit away from him for doing that, but I mean, there are certain topics where that he simply will not or can, no, he cannot, cannot bring himself to address. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was listening to him the other day, and, and uh, he does talk about logos as the uh, sort of cornerstone of western civilization I, I thought that that was particularly interesting but but his his understanding of it or his conceptualizing of it was was quite limited i think yeah i mean i i, I detect elements of nietzsche i detect elements of social darwinism when he talks yeah. about jews he invariably talks about their high iqs so it's we're back to this kind of uh, uh crypto racial argument here yeah. And and people who don't like Jews are basically envious of their success. I mean, this is the story that he's saying. That's needless to say, that's not the story that I've been telling. That's not the story of the Jewish revolutionary spirit, yeah. which is based on an understanding of Logos. And the whole point of that book is that basically when the Jews uh, uh, turned on Christ uh, and called for his crucifixion, they uh, they killed the Logos incarnate. And once they did that, they became rebellious against Logos. And when you're rebellious against Logos, which is also the order of the universe, including the social order, you become a revolutionary. And I'm saying that's been their identity for 2,000 years now. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so it, it even goes like uh, Jewish comedians. I cover a lot of these Jewish comedians in the Jewish revolutionary spirit. Mm -hmm. So with the, the latest version of the Jewish comedian is Sarah Silverman. Well, she says the most outrageous kind of blasphemous stuff, uh, the most obscene stuff imaginable. And if you object, well, you're an anti-Semite mm -hmm. because this is this is progressive thought. She said, you know, she'd kill Christ again yeah. if she had the chance. She just said that uh, anti-abortion legislation makes her want to go out and eat a fetus. Mm -hmm. She just called uh, Jeff Sessions a cunt. I mean, she can she can do whatever she wants, yeah. and you can't object to it, because if you do, you're an anti-Semite. It's almost sort of pathological, isn't it? Um, but, it is pathological. Yeah, this yeah. this lady needs counseling. Yeah, she's she's out of control. Yeah, and 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 why is this funny? Yeah. I, this this she's known as a comedian. She's a stand-up comedian. I haven't heard anything that she said that's even remotely funny. Um,